handsome guy, guy named William. William. Well, we, we, we could have did that better. Childhoods 
pretty much mold us into who we become as an adult. Like, that's our foundation. And little Mo has been married, and she stays married. Like, yeah. she's not she's the girlfriend. Yeah, like, she's not you the girlfriend. You know who she reminds me of? Who? Um, Kiki Wyatt. She Kiki. ain't as bad as Kiki Wyatt. Well, Kiki. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we love Kiki. We Kiki, love Kiki. But Kiki is I'm, always married. But and always with a new baby. But I think, but but I say that because you pick. She comes from a, a, an environment where her mother and father was married. Like she comes from a Christian background, so I feel like that's why yeah. it played a part in, in being important. It's nothing wrong with staying married, but a lot of people aren't built like that. Yeah. Like once the first marriage goes wrong. Yeah. They out the, like they be yeah. like fuck love, fuck everybody. I'm not ever doing this shit again. So that's why I picked them. Um we wanna you guys were supposed to go vote. Voting is now over. So if this is your first time tuning in, celebrity drinking buddies, who would you want to drink with? Either Keisha or Little Mo. Each week we choose two celebrities, or we actually have a celebrity here with us. Last yeah. week we had uh Sean Rock. So, it's who do you want to drink with? And when you pick that person, what are y'all sipping on? And what's the cocktail? So, let y'all sipping on it. What's the cocktail? Who you picking? So, I'm going to go with Keisha Cole. Okay. Because, well, first of all, I love me some Keisha Cole. Keisha Cole is like the ultimate um, breakup queen. <laughs> so, like, seriously. Like, if... Listen, I'm the type of person that I can be feeling sad, and of course, I'm gonna put on some R&B and make myself sadder. So she is total opposite. No, I like to put I like to put some um put some more sadness on top of it. And I'm not saying that she's sad, but first of all, Keisha Cole can blow. That girl got some pipe. She can sing. She got range. And her songs go. She doesn't just talk about breaking up. She talks about love too. Mm-hmm. And um, what would we talk about? We would talk about being um, so young coming into the industry when she came in and being so rough around the edges. Because she was really rough around the edges yeah, when she, she first was. came out. She from LA. And how she um, ended up polishing up her image. Mm-hmm. And even still now that her image is kind of polished, she is, is still, they rough. still like to bring her, the She's old still- Keisha up. But she still got a little bit of that of old Keisha in her. Because she still look like she got that attitude. Like, listen, do not fucking test me. She, well, did you see what happened with her in OT Genesis? When he no. took her song? Mm-hmm. I, I'll show you after we get off. He took her but song you and redone, redid it. And she went the fuck off on it. She was like, uh-uh. We not doing that. You wouldn't want to ask her about Tupac? Because um, I want to know about their relationship. Hmm. I mean, we would probably get there eventually. So what y'all drinking on? Um, she look like she like a hood girl. <laughs> she should not be like that. She a cute she, hood girl. She, could, she the cute hood girl. Uh-huh, she so we gonna girl. keep it cute. We can do some vodka. Some vodka. We'll do some vodka and some soda. Well, I'm a vodka and a pineapple girl. But I mean, I, I could get with a coke. So, I, who y'all choosing? Leave them comments. Keisha, Little Mo. Yes. I am picking, it was hard for me because 
I don't think like when Keisha came out, I was in a relationship. I, well, when Keisha came out and Little Mo came out, I was in the same relationship, the same fucking person. Um, I'm a really, I'm a serial relationship person too. So. Serial monogamous. Yes, like I'm a serial monogamous too. Yeah, I definitely, Keisha. definitely Keisha for handsome guy named William. Okay. Um, but. It, this was hard. This was hard. And they both tiny and petite yeah. and cute mm-hmm. and fly. And can sing. And can sing. Little Mo, though. Little Mo got that church anointing, though. She has that. Superwoman is still like one of my Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm ready to settle down. Ready to buy a house. I'm ready to change my
She was up 80%. And then some girl commented and was like, well, Keisha definitely going to win. I said, well, you need to go vote because right. <laughs> y'all be doing that too. Y'all be doing that. Y'all be hopping in my inbox like, because such and such. Y'all be like, well, go on over there. And vote. And vote. Because, yeah. I mean, I can't do nothing from over here. Yes. I can't do nothing from Cali Rights. I can't do nothing <laughs> from Cali 722. Y'all got to go right on over to Sip and Discuss and vote from there. And vote. I tag them. So, I posted it on Facebook just to, like, clarify. Like, come on, we got a poll going on. And I told her, I was like, you better go vote because she up at 80%. And that was, like, around 5 o'clock. Maybe not five, maybe like three or mm-hmm. something like that. It was earlier in the day. She was up at 80%. When it first started off the rip, though, every vote was for her. For Uma? When it first started off, when I first posted it and people started voting, every vote was for her. And I, I think I like, think that they both have, like, first of all, they're in, like, two different um, ranges of years. From when one was doing, like when Little Mo was doing. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I because I can't, I can't remember the relationship that I was in. Mm-hmm. So when Keisha came up with, I changed my mind. I don't love you no more. I don't love you no more. I was literally, I wasn't feeling that song like that. Like I was feeling it, like I loved it. But I remember I had a friend and she was like, this song remind me of you and your relationship. And I was looking at her like, girl, bitch, I'm happy. I was like, <laughs> I mean, from the outside, I probably like, we was, but I was in a hood-ass relationship. She ain't know nothing about a hood relationship. She had been with her her husband since she was in grade school. Like, I was with a hood-ass nigga that I did two years with. Like, I thought I was, like, happy. <laughs> but anyway, then I remember when Lil Mo dropped, like, her album. And I just remember being in front of his sister's house and my ex's sister's house listening to the song. So, for me, it seems like they kind of dropped around, around the same, same time. time. Yeah, so I feel like even if they were to do a versus, that would be a good, a good thing. So, Little Mo takes the win with 56% of my one vote. 56%. So, it was almost half and half. But it it didn't start out like that. And I feel like if I wouldn't have posted it on Facebook and I wouldn't have left comment like, yeah, you better vote for her. I think Little Mo would have, I mean, Keisha would have won. No, no Little Mo would have won at a higher rate. Because okay. Little Mo was always in the lead. But I think she would have won at a higher rate if I would have just not put my two cents in. But I didn't tell people who to vote for. I was just like, listen, don't be in my inbox telling me who you think. Like. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. And when y'all do that, make sure y'all comment underneath the picture and tag the celebrity. Yeah. Like tag them. They they won't bite. They won't hurt you. Because they definitely be in our inbox. Yeah. They, be they so, definitely yeah. be in our story. They be in our story. So I'm pretty sure that if like you tag them. Cause some 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 even like respond. Like Foxy Brown was talking back and forth to me. Like some people, like even when I go on their pages, right. some of them I have a conversation with them. Like they respond. Like yeah. you could tag them. You can tell them about sip and discuss. Yeah. Help put us on the map. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Handsome guy named William. 
Yes. What if he tuned up like uh, <laughs> 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 Alright, so now can I get a drum roll? Can I get a drum roll? Can I get a drum roll? Yes. So now we are going to go into tonight's main topic. And I want to let y'all know, disclaimer, before we start, in no way is this episode meant to offend or make our parents feel bad about their parenting skills or anything. We are just having a conversation. We are not, this is a judgment-free zone. We are not attacking anyone. No. First of all, we understand that parenting does not it's come fucking with, hard. It doesn't come with a handbook. It's yes. the hardest job that you don't need a license for. And that nobody ain't going to help us <laughs> really, really. And we all out here winging it. Yeah. That's the shit. I mean, I don't have any kids yet, so I'm using all y'all as an example. Yeah, because I definitely, I'm winging it every day. And I'm hoping that I'm doing the right thing. So, our discussion tonight is conversations we wish we could have had with our parents. Because I feel like a lot of times, but we'll get into that. But that's the main topic. So, let's start off with some, I want to start off kind of slow into it because I don't want to get too deep too fast too deep too fast I want to warm y'all up and let's start off with some mom quotes now I asked y'all and we talk about black mom quotes right y'all know this is black and brown I mean because I don't think white people if if it's any any, we have any white followers Caucasian followers tell us something that y'all parents said because I don't think y'all parents was like, y'all parents don't be digging y'all ass the way our parents yes! be digging our ass. Like, I don't think y'all do. That's, that should have been one of my questions because we do have a couple of Caucasian followers. I should have asked, like, what was y'all moms like? Because I just think... Cause, yeah, because it was a whole... And I mean, I my stepmom is Caucasian, but I don't remember my stepmom, like, ever saying That's anything say. wild yeah. to us. Like, nothing. Like... I mean, I mean, she was a disciplinary, but it wasn't like don't fancy look. Yeah. You know, black moms always gotta put the, a swing. Well, because black moms will remix the shit out of a customer on gas. <laughs> so I asked y'all, black moms quotes. Two of our followers responded. The first one is, "Stay in a child's place." What is a child's place? Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I believe that staying in a child's place is good and bad. I think that children shouldn't be worried about adult problems. And I don't think that they should be sitting in front of adults having adult conversations. Like, we're not talking to you. This is not your conversation for you. And, and kids will... They will, even when you think that kids are not paying attention, they, they are fucking paying attention and they hear it. And I they will stress out about it. I remember paying attention to some conversations that I know motherfuckers thought I wasn't listening right. to. And even being in the next room over. Right. Like, hear me pill. Mm-hmm. Hearing some stuff. You be playing the whole time or coloring the whole time. Are you listening to the That's whole That's what I said. I said, kids now don't even know how to do that. They don't even know how, <laughs> they don't even know how to fake like they doing something else to actually get the conversation. Like, they full on stop and look at you like... Yeah, be all in your face. Like, if you don't go sit your ass down somewhere... Now, I do have nieces and nephews, 
So that's how I do get some of my experience from having children. And I had my niece for a whole month and I miss her dearly. I have no life now. I have no meaning. It's like <laughs> But no, I do wish I could have her back because I feel like it's so much more that I wish I could have did with her. And now I understand being a working mom. And it's hard. Yeah, like I like if I when I have children, I hope I'm in a position where I can stay home because I just want to soak in the whole. I'm. She's saying this shit now. I've been home since March. No, but I'm talking about when your kids are adults. My kids are 16 and 12, and they annoying as hell. They basically adults. I'm talking about they because she was only three years. She's only three years old. So at that age, you're literally like changing right before they are literally eyes. fucking annoying. <laughs> but no, I would want. I would want to be able to like. I think about all the stuff that I wanted to do with her, and COVID got in the way of that too. Like I can't wait to take her to a ballet. Yeah. Like I can't wait to take her to like a, a real like black stage play. Yeah. Like because she's so theatrical herself. Like it's just certain things that I just can't wait. To like Experience do it, yes, and you get to look at it like through a child's eyes. Yeah, cause because you you're immune to all that. Well, shit. Well, not though. even really, cause you know what I'm going to say, Michelle. I know it's a lot of things that I took my kids to when my kids were small because now they're bigger. They don't want to do shit with me. They don't want to go anywhere with me. <laughs> like they don't want to do shit with me at all. Like that's the other thing that you have to get prepared for because if you're a parent like me that has dragged your kids a thousand million places with you to all types of events and shit. When they get to a certain age where they can stay home by themselves, they don't want to go nowhere with you. Like, my kids veto me every time I say, let's go somewhere. They're like, ah, yeah, now nah, we don't want to do that. Go ahead. So, <laughs> we good. We good. We can stay home. But a lot of stuff that I took my kids to do when they were smaller are things that I wish that I would have did with my family when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. But I come from a family of eight children. So a lot of things that I wanted to do was um, financially impossible to get done with eight children. Yeah. So when I had my own two children, a lot of shit I experienced for the first time with them. Oh, so y'all, that's nice that y'all got to do that. Right. I always and it's different when, as an adult, I feel like I feel like I appreciated a lot of the things that I took them to more than they appreciated it because they're just like whatever. It's just she's just taking us somewhere else, <laughs> and it's me like I always wanted to go here. And They'll see appreciate it when they get older right. because a lot of the stuff that my mom did, it kind of went over my head as a child. But now it's just like yo, the life my mom gave me and was striving for me to have, like most people in what, this area didn't have the privilege of having. So the next one is. I'm, I'm not Shaquika's mother, okay? Right. Okay? So Shaquika can do that, but right. you can't. Right. Because I'm not her mother. I right. don't care what her mother doing. Right. Yeah, I heard they that. They not my kids. They not my kids. I heard that. Because I always say it to my kids. <laughs> Whose kids is my kids? I heard that a million times. I heard right. that a million times. Like, listen, don't come here and ask me telling me what such, such and such, such mom said that they can do because you can't right so what's Ain't some mom. what's some give give me like give me like three that stick out to you three that stick out to me um i'm not boo boo the fool <laughs> still don't know who boo boo is she's not him um shut up before i give you 
something, something to shut up for <laughs> after you already stop crying. I give you something to cry yeah, about after you already done fucked me up. And um, one one thing that really really sticks out to me because we grew up with no air conditioner in our house. And she used to always say to us in the summertime, if you sit the fuck still, you wouldn't be fucking hot. If you sit still, your ass wouldn't be hot. I would still be hot. Stop moving around. <laughs> you moving around, you making it hot. And, I, and I'm saying- Does that work? work? No. Did you, ever, the fuck did you ever really sit there and concentrate? I tried. I tried. I tried as a child. I don't know if it worked, but I just know that I was sweating and it was still fucking hot. And I said, when I got grown, I was never living without central air, and I have not. <laughs> I have not lived without central fucking air. Who the fuck lives like that in 2020? And I turn I my, nobody and I run, like that. I run my air from the first day that it gets fucking hot until it. Maybe, luckily, I just turned it off a couple days ago because I don't like fucking being hot. It is like a fucking arctic in my house. Put on a fucking coat if you come to my house. I only fuck with big niggas. So right. my air be running in. Bigger <laughs> <laughs> niggas. Like, I don't like skinny dudes. I don't fuck with skinny dudes. Listen. So I got, like, I can't, I can't. Okay, like, I'm not going to say nothing, but. And I don't like guys that have a whole bunch of muscles either. <laughs> like, I don't like that shit. She don't like, like, a lot of stuff. I like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I need something to cuddle next to. Well, I just found out he's six five. I almost had a motherfucking heart attack, but he not fat though. <laughs> she didn't say she like some kind of chunky. Yes. All right. So, oh, this is the last one for that mom's post. So mine is, which I couldn't stand this one because I've always been that child who, like, at a certain point in my age, I think maybe like eight years old, nine, I should start thinking about God a whole lot. And I come from a Pentecostal background. Um, my aunt is an evangelist. My mother like writes books for a, a, a company that their books are all over the world about Christianity. Like that's how serious my background is in religion. So my mom, and then my mom said, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. No, you can't. You're going to jail, ma'am. <laughs> First of all, in my little eight-year-old mind, I'm thinking like, did you tell me God created me? You told and me. And now she ready to get smacked. Now her mom about to smack her because now she's Yo, smart. My mom, I did used to get smart. I was a real quiet child. Because you're like a smart Alec now. But I got like my like if you hit me in my mouth, it's something with my lips. Y'all see how small my lips are? If you hit me in my mouth, my lips. Will swell up. Blow up all over my like my lips become so enlarged. Like it looks crazy. I could not get hit in my lips at all. Like at all. I'm telling you. Like even if I like accidentally pop myself, mm -hmm. my lip will blow up. 
I have still have a scar. Like my that's what my mom used to do to me, and then she had to stop because she couldn't take me nowhere. Right. And because she probably now you look abused. Yeah, you got your lips all over your face, but that all over your face. You that one that is a real black mom thing. Pop. <laughs> right. They shut the fuck up. I remember the first the time she did that to me, and we was on our way to church. And I think we might have stayed home. I can't. Re- I gotta ask her when I see her. I can't remember if we stayed home or not. But I remember the first time it happened when she popped me in my mouth, and my lips just exploded all over my face. Okay. So the next thing, because I have two two stories behind it. The next question: What is the craziest lie that your parents have told you? And this has been on my mind for a while because I, like, anybody who knows who knows I do Uber. So I picked up this lady about a year ago around Christmas time. And, you know, that's where everybody's going to the bar or whatever. And I picked her up from the bar at Summer's Point. And she was a little tipsy. We just, we started talking. And she says, my 12-year-old son is mad at me. And he's not speaking to me. And I said, Why? And she said, because her, his fucking classmates told him there's no Santa Claus. I did, was never a Santa Claus. Mom. So listen, but no, she's, I'm like, I'm laughing. And, and so I'm like, you're serious? Because like, she's like, yes, I'm serious. Like my child is not speaking to me. Like he said, how could you have lied to me all these years and made me believe there was a Santa Claus? When he doesn't exist. And I'm just like, yo, first of all, I never, me and my parents never had a conversation with me about Santa. I never believed. I don't ever yeah. remember believing. Maybe I did, but me okay, personally. why is a white man coming down a non-existent chimney? I don't have a chimney, for one. And <laughs> but why is maybe, a fat white man giving us presents? I, I don't remember ever being heartbroken about Santa Claus. I remember, especially with my dad and my stepmom, like, Giving, telling them what I want, and Christmas at their house was like amazing. Like I'm not even gonna fucking sit here and try to be a part of some struggle. Like no, I had fucking amazing fucking Christmases, and I didn't get no clothes. I got all toys, like all the toys that we ever wanted, anything that we wanted, we got it on Christmas. So, but I don't ever remember having that idea that there was some white man giving us. Presents. No, it was like that's mom, dad, and stepmom. Yeah. Like that's it. I don't remember that. But this lady, like, she said, I don't know. And then when she told me that, like afterwards, I started thinking about it. Like, you tell your children not to lie and the importance of not lying. And in his mind, he's fucked up now. He must be one of those like intellectual children right. because some children, but I mean, twelve is is, is old to it's be old. finding out that Santa Claus thing real. Right. Like you should have been had that conversation with him. But when she said it, and I was just like, well, he does have a point. Like you've been lying, and she said he can't get over the fact that I've been telling him for twelve years that there is a Santa Claus and there's no Santa Claus. She said he was crying, and he said you, he, she just kept saying, "I can't believe you lied to me about this." And because I'm now just he's like, questioning what else the hell she done lied about? Yes, yes. What else are you not telling me the truth about? 
That was one of the questions that I asked everybody. I don't think anybody answered that one, but did your parents, oh, no, 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 50, 50%. The question was, um, Santa Claus, the poll at 7.30 p.m., it was 50, 50. Did your parents tell you about Santa? Like, what did your parents tell I forget what the question was. I've been drinking now. Was it, did, did, did your parents lie to you about Santa Claus? 50-50. So half of y'all said yes and half of y'all said no. Hey, what's up, Rick? I come from the background of my parents. No, like, I guess my parents work too fucking hard. Man. That's what I'm saying. I came from a, a, a family that wasn't even a question. Like, I never knew nothing about Santa Claus. And my stepmom is Caucasian. And it still was like, listen, little motherfuckers. We, we paid were, for all this shit. We paid for all this shit. Like, ain't no white man. And we had a chimney. Ain't no fucking right. white man come down this bitch and give y'all shit. We gave y'all this shit. So I was 50 50 on that. So do you have a crazy, what's the craziest lie that your parents told you? Because for some people, it will be Santa Claus. Like, um, as a child, and then you realize as an adult, like, that shit was a lie. They was just telling me that. So I go to Oh, sleep. all right, all right, I got one for y'all. The, I'm gonna hold your money for you. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just hold it for you and I'm gonna give it back to you. You fell for that shit. <laughs> but that's why grandma's supposed to give you the money on the side. side right? And be like, don't tell oh, your mom. Right. Don't tell your mom I gave you this right. money. Don't because mom always gonna hold the money for you. Mom gonna hold that fucking shit. For and then you. be like, well, you remember when you wanted to go to the store? It's always remember when you wanted to do something. Like, I didn't tell you I wanted to spend my money. Like, you didn't care. <laughs> I was hungry. <laughs> you supposed to already have that. All right, so I'm about to tell you on mine. Don't, now this is, this will explain a lot about my, you know, maybe it won't. Anyway. See, Rick said his mom did the same thing. <laughs> See? Mind y'all. She gonna hold the money for you. Where the money go, Rick? Mind y'all. You, you already eat, kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how you get that dance in you? You start eating. Mm-hmm. You know there's a podcast dedicated to people listening to people eat. <laughs> it is. ASMR. <laughs> All right, so... My mom told, my mom told raising me laughing out loud. Is that what you said? My mom told me that I was not, brace yourself, men, y'all might want to close your ears. My mom told me I was not allowed to wear tampons because when I got married, my husband wouldn't believe me. But you're the virgin? Why is, why is our So listen. So as I got older, first of all, my first real boyfriend, I'm sitting there thinking like, ain't no way this nigga was ever gonna think me using a tampon, I wasn't a virgin. This dick was big as hell. <laughs> like whose, whose dick is the size? Whose dick is the size of a tampon? A tampon. This is the size. A tampon. 
sick. My mom. And it's her super. My mom really had me walking around telling dudes I had to save myself from marriage. And she really had me around here believing that if I put a tampon on. That was going to break her hymen. And she wasn't going to be a virgin no more. When I re- when I started having, not even, because I started having, I started having sex probably like 16, 17 years old. Yeah. Um, but it, it still didn't even dawn on me then. I still just was wearing pads. But then when I first, like when I got reached like 19, 20, that's when it dawns on me like, yo, she told me the, she told me the most craziest shit. Like, why would my mom's whole thing with sex was weird? Like my mom, it's I love my mom because she explained sex to me. Cause like clinically, yes. Cause like most of the girls that I was hanging around at my age. Like at 12, some of the girls lost their virginity at 12. And they, but they hadn't had the converse, the sex conversation with their mom. They was going off of the squiggly lines, the porno that we used to watch. Oh, on, yeah. We didn't have cable. They was going off of sex books and they was going off of what the boy was We're telling them in their ear. My mom's, hey, Firehouse, what's up? My mom set me down with a book with the, Di- and the labia. Yeah, like it was a di- like a diagram yes. of it with the legs open. Then she had a piece of paper. She poked a hole in the piece of paper with a little pin needle. And then she showed me an orange. And she told me the orange is sex for the first time is gonna feel like this orange going through that little hole. Motherfucker, I ain't had sex until I was <laughs> I thought I was in the end young like some people like well that was still young not not during my time not where I grew up like girls was losing their virginity 12 13 14 years old my friends was telling me about how sex was and I was just like you're crazy nah my mom told me that shit fucking hurt no my I wasn't raised by my mom I was raised by my grandma but she always said she would know immediately if I had sex I heard girls tell me that she I heard said, say said, they, they she said she would know that. immediately if I had sex. She said she would be able to tell by looking at my face. Your I body too. I heard. And I, I was heard, like, I heard that my mom always told me your hips start to shit. No, they say that you get a, the old ladies say that you get a glow. My mom said your, your hips start to shit. You get a glow because you get that glow. <laughs> So that is the question, y'all. What's the crazy? Does anybody have a comment? Like, what's the craziest lie that your parents told you? And then when you grew up, you found out, like... Bullshit. I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Like, I can't believe these motherfuckers lie. So I asked that question on our, like, you know, because we do our polls. Look out for our polls and our stories and our questions and our stories. We won't reveal your names or anything like that. It'll stay between me and us. I don't, I don't even have to show the You need to show me. And listen, I didn't show up, y'all. Michelle do all the legwork. Shout out to Michelle. Like, <laughs> I don't even, like, show Khalid. I don't even have to show Khalid. It'll stay between me. 
But one of our um, followers, when I asked that question, like, what's the craziest thing, your par- lie that your parents told us? Because tonight we're talking about conversations that our parents, that we wish our parents would have had with us. And so, but one of my questions was like, what's the craziest lie that your parents told you? My mom used to tell me I got to try your food. Like, when we go to a restaurant, oh, oh, I got to try your food for you first to make sure they ain't poison you. Right. Because you just want to eat some real shit. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but one of our followers, it was so sad to me. He said, to be honest, um, our parents never really talked to us. And... I'm wondering, that person isn't on here right now. I think they've tuned in a couple times, though. I'm wondering, was it because, like, we touched on that last week with Sean Rock. Is it because it just worked so much? I feel that happens a lot in a Latino family or immigrant families um, that come over here. Like, I know with my ex, he didn't learn Spanish, like, uh, he didn't learn how to speak Spanish like fluently because he was basically raised by his older siblings because his mother and his parents, like his parents were always at work and his siblings talked to him in English. And I heard that that's very common in a Latino family. Like the older kids knew Spanish because the parents talked to them, talked to them yeah. while they were home, and they always talked to them in Spanish. But if your parents are home, you don't, you miss that. So I'm wondering, and I think that guy who left that comment is Latino. So I'm wondering if that's the reason why, and it's so sad because I I've heard that multiple times in immigrant type. Well, what I'm gonna say anyway, if you were raised in the 90s, you were probably a latchkey kid. Yeah. You either left in the morning by yourself and came home to a house with no parent there, or you, your parent was there in the morning when you left for school, but when you came home, they weren't there for ever, till you probably went to bed or after you ate dinner. So we grew up in a generation where the older siblings were, we didn't have no babysitters. We were responsible for the younger siblings and we came home to an empty house. So there really wasn't no communication. They were just so busy trying to build a life and provide for us that talking just was like fucking out of it. Like you come home, you do your chores, you do your, your homework and you make sure that you're not answering the door and you're not on the goddamn phone when I call. So, like, it really wasn't no let's sit down and have no conversation mm-hmm. because by the time they got home from work, who the fuck wanna talk to you? Yeah. My, I like, shout out to my mom. Like, I really <laughs> wasn't a latchkey kid because of my grandma. Right. Like, my grandma didn't work. Um, she was in a position where she didn't have to work. So, when I came home, it basically was always somebody, it was either my grandma or my aunt. But my mom also, like, she worked really hard. She worked a lot of hours, but she set up, like, like I think that's why our my relationship with my mom and my sister's relationship with my mom is so different because it was just me, like, and my mom. And my mom set up, like, special dates for us. So it was kind of like me and her against the world. So it was like... We had movie night. We had bookstore night where we would go to the bookstore. We even used to go to Sizzlers. So that's something as an adult I'm realizing. Like, I had a lot of what a lot of people didn't get in the 90s. Because you're right. Like, a lot of kids didn't get that. And I did 
have a lot of like my friends always used to be like, you tell your mom everything. Like my mom never left that space for there to be room for me to be scared to tell her something. Like I told her the first time I was thinking about having sex. The boy gave me kind of like so and seeing that now and now seeing other people's lives, I'm like, but I get it though. I get it. And the only thing that saved me from having that type of life is because my grandma mm -hmm. was a part of my life. So she made my mom's life easier easier to deal with. But I recognize the fact that a lot of kids didn't get that because our parents, your parents was like overworked. Especially if it's a single parent. Right. They overwork. They work in one of the uh, memes I was supposed to post before we came in here. Now we realize why our parents had attitudes when they got off of work. Well, and they like, asked you to stop that one fucking piece. Because my kids, <laughs> my kids' favorite, and my kids love to text me at like 1 because they know I get off work 2 o'clock, 2 30, and be like, Mom. And I be like, Yo, bro, like I've been up since 4 30 in the morning. And you think I want to stop somewhere else on the way home after I always got to drive 40 minutes from my job, like, to get home, like... And get you something. All right, so the next question, this is the deep question. The and Kalita said that she didn't get too many people that wanted to talk to her about it. I didn't get any inbox. Because I usually it. try to do a little outside, you know... Because I, it's some people that I talk to that just don't follow us or they're not on social media or they just didn't take the time out to, but I do like to get people's opinions and I will randomly ask you if I see you and we're having a conversation. And the people that I did ask, nobody really wanted to answer the question. Nobody was really forthcoming with the question. Like they... I feel like we come from a generation of a lot of people who are carrying um, mother wounds and father wounds because a lot of us come from single parent homes. A lot of us come from um, people who are just building relationship with parents after they're grown. So it's like kind of hard for people to even really, I don't think that they really know what they want to say if they had the opportunity. I just think that it's a lot of hurt people that really would never voice those types of things out loud. I think it's hard for but people to vocalize those things. I want people to understand that because I did a whole poem called Daddy Issues. It's on my album, my mixtape. Queen. Queen Motivation, that Firehouse, shout out to Firehouse. They actually gave me the opportunity to record in their studio and do it and they was a big part of that whole project happening. They were a blessing. Um, but I wrote a whole poem called Daddy Issues. And I was it was all about it was all about my dad, about the issues that I had, and I had to face the facts that I had daddy issues. The longest time I would always like deny the fact that I had daddy issues. Like if anybody knows my background, I used to be a stripper. I used to be a what I like to call an escort. I used to work for an escort and service. Like I'm not ashamed of it. It's all on my album. But when people used to ask me like, but what made you get into the end? Like, oh she must got daddy issues. She must got 
And I always used to be like, I don't have no daddy issues. Like, my dad is, I know who my dad is. My dad spoils me. My dad brought me my first. Like, I used to always, like, you know. Superficial shit. Pretty much. But my dad was very present in my life in my beginning of my teen. Like, when I became an adult. And I feel like, from his perspective, like, he ain't had to deal with my mom. Like, now she's an adult. I could buy her a condo, I could get her a car, and I know that everything that I'm giving her is benefiting her. Just her, solely her. Yeah, just solely her. So I equated that with, I don't have daddy issues. Right. Not thinking, and it was like, for the longest time, I wouldn't let my dad listen. Like, I was scared for my dad to hear that on the album. My mom was like, he needs to hear it. Like, this is your, this is your truth. This is, this is how you feel. And he finally heard it and he said, thank you and I love you, babe, and thank you for sharing that with me. I feel like I understand why people are scared to share those, but I don't, I think you have to explain to your parents when you share stuff with them like that, like in no way, if you've discovered that yet, because a lot right, of us a lot of us have not. Haven't discovered that, haven't understood that also parenting does not come with a one-on-one on parenting. There's no book. You don't even have to get a license to be a parent. The hardest job in the fucking world, you don't need a license to do. You need a license. You need a license to be a fish. You need a license to fish. You need a license to drive. You need a license to deal cards. All the stuff you need a license for in the most hardest job in the world, you don't need a license for. Because I'm telling you, I I woke up literally first day out the hospital, second day out the hospital with my oldest son, and I'll never fucking forget. My kid's dad had to go back to work, and I was home by myself with this baby for the first time, and I was like, oh shit, y'all really left this baby the fuck here with me. <laughs> like and and I'm not even a I'm not even one of those people who hold oh, me down two minutes. I've, I'm not even one of those people who um, never been around kids. I've been around kids my whole life. I've babysat my whole life. I have. I don't even want to tell y'all how many younger siblings. I have like twelve younger siblings. So that's not even an issue. The issue was like this is my kid, like, and I'm solely responsible for him, and like, and everything that happens to him is going to be like my fault. My your fault. Like. <laughs> If like, I fuck him up, if he's fucked up, that. I fucked up. Like, yep. if, if, if shit is fucked up, it's, it's on me. Uh, Rick said he missed the question, but I didn't talk to my dad from 13 to 19 years old. Right. Wow. It's a lot of us with those. It's a lot of us with those relationships with our parents, and that's what we, I'm. We. Oh, I, look how much I got. Yeah. This was a real good topic, also because next Thursday we are will we be talking to Dr. L. Um, I forget how long she has been practicing, but she offers she offers counseling. Um, she also offers counseling to couples as well too. She's an author. She's written two books. Um, she has a lot of stuff behind her name. Like, you know the people that went to school for math stuff? Yeah, she like, has a lot of G's and L's. And yeah. Hi. Oh, handsome guy named Will is back. What's up? Um, hey, Rick. Hey, so, Camilla. So I feel like this topic falls into the line of next week because we're going to be talking about mental health um, and why it's important for us 
to take care of our mental health in a black community. And I feel like parenting and the things that happen to us in our childhood mold us into the adults that we become. Sorry, gotta start our podcast again. So this is part two. What's up? What's up, Rick? So like I was saying, this topic ties into our mental health topic next month. Our live event that will be here at Drips from 6 to 11 p.m. Um, and I feel like, like you were saying, like, our childhood, and I'm just realizing this this year, like, even though I wrote that song to my dad, Daddy Issues, I'm just realizing this year that my self-esteem and my self-worth all lies in how I was perceived as a child and the 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 love that I was wasn't getting from certain people and the vibes and the energy that I was feeling from certain people. Like it got to the point where I literally my grandmother rest her soul. Um and it might sound strange to some people, but I I have an altar in my house or whatever, and I haven't really been paying it no attention. I believe in my ancestors and stuff like that. Ancestor veneration. Yes, and honoring your honoring your ancestors. And it got to the point one night where I was just like talking, like crying to my grandmother, like, why did you never make me feel like I was worthy? Like I was, you gave affection. I seen with my own eyes you being more affectionate to your other grandchildren. And I guess subconsciously in my mind, like I was always the darkest one. Um, all my other like cousins on that side had very long hair, very fair skin. Like I even recently just read a comment from someone that was like, oh, you know, those Mosleys, they got that long, pretty hair. Um, I do have pretty hair. It's just really coarse and really thick. So it appears to be really short. The shrinkage is real. Shrinkage is real, but I realized that a lot of my self-worth come lack of self-worth tied to to me being when I was little. And I'm talking about three years old and up. Like, and people will laugh and be like, a three-year-old don't know. Yes, the hell they do. I tell my brother all the time, because his daughter, he just had a baby a couple years ago. Make sure she's developing herself worth now who she is how she sees herself it's not coming when she's 12 and 13 it's developing now while she's one while she's two while she's three she is all of that she's feeling all of that don't let your children share the same space with people who do not celebrate right, them. Right, because they I tell my that. kids all the time, you do not have to be around people that do not genuinely want to be around you or love you. That is not, you do not have to do don't that. Don't subject yourself to that. You don't have to. And I feel like, we feel like kids don't know no better. It's energy. Yeah. They feel that. They don't even why have you think to know that, Wait, why do you think that babies be crying when certain people come around and don't want people to pick them up, don't want people to touch them? So my, like, my whole thing with that was, like, I really had to, like, I'm really still healing from that. Like, I literally, my, my affirmations to myself are, I am worthy. 
Then when I think about my parents getting a divorce and I think about my dad, you know, moving away, I'm thinking like, damn, I'm really now seeing like all of that played into how looked I at yourself. looked at myself. And I can honestly say, and I, like, I'm not ashamed to say it because I know I'm healing myself and I'm working through it. I have never fucking felt worthy. I've never felt good enough. That's why I picked the shittiest fucking men to be with. <laughs> That's why I put myself in the shittiest situations and I always equated myself worth to how I dress, what my parents gave me, what I had. And then when all that was stripped away and my parents cut me off, then I had to deal with the fact, now what? Mm-hmm. Now what? Because you don't got none of that shit. You out here on your own. And that's when it really, really hit you. But this year was my first year of really understanding that my childhood played a part in how I looked at myself. A lot of people during quarantine had an eye opener on you couldn't really run away from who you are. You can't really blame other people. You can't really cover it up with a bunch of fucking parties and vacations and shit like that. You actually have to sit with yourself. You have to sit with yourself. And the person that you are, and either you like that person or you didn't like that person. There was some aspects of yourself that you need to take a look at and be like, Maybe I'm look. I'm the common denominator in all these situations, so maybe it is something a little bit wrong with me that mm-hmm. needs to be fixed. That needs to be fixed. I also, I don't hate my like. I love my parents, honestly. Like God, God is my witness. I feel like I've had the parents that was best for me because I, I think that we all get the parents that we we need. Mm-hmm. And that ties into my next question too. But I didn't even, you didn't answer the first question and I didn't answer that. Well, the second question. What is the conversation that you wish your parents would have had with you? Um, well, I'm going to have a super transparent moment right now. If anybody knows me in real life, they know that I have a very tumultuous relationship with both of my parents. And um, the one question that I would like to ask my, probably my dad, not really my mother. I mean, me and her can't really have a conversation right now due to other types of circumstances. But my dad, I have an issue with, um, my dad asked when I was, he waited until I was 18 years old and then asked for a paternity test. After I was already grown. You never asked him how to be asked for something like Why that? would you wait until I was 18 years old? You never asked him that? No. But I was just so hurt at 18. Like, so you, my whole life, you didn't think that I was your daughter. And you waited until I was 18 to get a paternity test to confirm. But what I am going to say is, like, my brothers... And my, my brother is on my dad's side, which I have 13 brothers on my dad's side. My oldest Ooh, brother, God rest his soul. Fuck with her. Well, God rest <laughs> my brother, oldest brother's soul, which is today is Vaughn Rollins Day. Um, he always, even when I was a little girl, always came around. 
even when my dad didn't come around, my brother always came around. He always made sure that I was good. So it was just like kind of bothersome because he never said anything to me about it. I just got the paperwork in the mail that was like, oh, you got to show up to court wow. for a attorney test. So then I was like, so my wow. whole life, you never really thought that I was your daughter. I can't believe you, the type of person that you are, you didn't confront him. But I can understand yes. too because we're different with our daddy. Yes. Yes, it's we, very, it's very, become, very hard. Women become so very it's hard different for me to really in daddy's eyes. Not even that because my dad don't give a fuck. He'll he will crush my shit like this. Like he's not one of those dads who's gonna coddle me and be like, well, if I call my dad and I'd be like, oh, X, Y, and Z, he'd be like, well, you can do this, that, and the third. So I don't even know why we have this conversation because you already know better. He's one of those dads. He's not a, I'm going to let you sit and wallow in your, and pity and be sad about what the fuck is going on. No, come up with a plan, figure it out, and fucking my implement that shit like, and get it done. My dad's favorite saying, I never forget this saying, take a shit or get off the toilet. My dad's favorite, <laughs> my dad's favorite saying is, what doesn't hit you will miss you. So, then that's been his life fucking motto. What doesn't hit you will fucking miss you. What's not for you will not be for you. You will not get it. You will not touch you. That's it. And you can't even be mad at yourself for that. But I was really just in shock. And his his whole his when I when the, when the results came back and it was like ninety nine point nine percent that I was fucking order. Because if you've ever seen my dad, then you know that we. <laughs> The resemblance is fucking uncanny. That nigga was playing games. He was playing fucking games. He was playing games. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why am I even here at 18 years old? If you felt like that, like, you should have did this fucking... When I was two years old, three years old, four years old, five years old, like, why wait until I'm 18 years old? I'm grown. I said, and, and, and on my behalf, being the smart aleck that I am, I said it was because... You don't want to pay fucking child support. So, you never paid child support when I was growing up. And by the time I was 18, couldn't nobody petition for child support because I'm fucking 18 now at this yeah. point. Yeah. But I would. But, I mean. Do you do you ever think. Do I do want like, to sneak to, like. No, I feel like. No, I want to have, like, a whole full on, like. You want to invite him to sip and discuss? He don't, he don't want to come to sip and discuss. First of all, my dad wouldn't come to sip and discuss because we curse. We oh. use curse words. My dad doesn't curse. Oh. I've never heard my dad curse ever in my life. Oh. And he says, um, even I though I have like an extensive vocabulary, I like to curse for em- emphasis. It's not because I can't fucking, I don't know the words. I like to fucking curse. I like cursing too. <laughs> That's it. I don't have an extensive vocabulary, but I do like the curve. Yeah, that is deep. Like, that shit, what she just said, right? Woo! And that's what I'm saying. Like, just a moment of transparency because maybe I don't look like what I've been through. And I feel like no, you the, lessons, don't. The, lessons, <laughs> the lessons that I've, that I've learned through life have just made me a different kind of parent. From the, I parent my children a hundred percent different from the way that I was parented growing up. I, I am not my parent. I heard it a lot. I'm not my parent. And I'm definitely afraid of becoming them. <clears throat> um, I, I feel like, but I, I, you know what? I'm not like, 
about my childhood because I feel like I had like even though I come from, I'm a product of the like divorce and shit. I just be like I always used to tell my brothers because like my brothers struggle. One, one of my brothers really struggled with our parents' divorce, and maybe because I grew up in the Ville and stuff like that, I just be like, yo, my nigga, like, yo, we had it fucking made, like, right. from what people, and not to, not to make fun of anything that anybody has went through, but I just be like, god damn, but, you know, there are things that my parents did, one of the conversations that I wish my parents would have had with us is why they were getting a divorce, like, I just remember my life changing. I just remember one day we went to this white lady's house and she had real big boobs. Um, like no disrespect to my stepmom, but like when you ask, you asked me what my first like encounter was yeah. with my stepmom, she had this long hair and she had really really big boobs, and I don't ever remember anybody sitting us down and being like, and it, it sounds white. I know that shit sounds white as hell, but white people have these type of conversations with their parents, with their kids. Billy, John John, we're getting a divorce. It has nothing because we to, fucking hate each other. It has nothing to do with you. And you're gonna stay with your dad on the weekends, and we're you're gonna like so much shit happened to our lives. And nobody sat down and explained anything to us. I, if, if they did, I need somebody to tell me because I don't remember ever having a conversation about their divorce. I remember hearing things. I remember walking in on conversations like, and I remember my mom being hurt. And I remember when, once I started getting older, my mom saying my dad left her for a white woman, like constantly. Constantly, my dad left her for a white woman. My dad, my mom never really talked bad about my dad. Like, she never talked bad about my dad to me. But those are the things that she said. And then, somewhere in the mix of that, my mom felt as though she couldn't take care of three kids. And just to give y'all just a little backstory, my mom was 17 years old when she married my dad. My dad was 26 years old. I believe he was like 16 years older than her. He was the first man that she ever had sex with. Everything. She was like a little Christian girl. We took her to her prom and next thing you know, they were married. And then there's this woman, cause I, I had to start like really looking at my mom's background. And some of the things that I was mad at my mom about, I was like, yo, I would have never survived. You, she was like 22 years old with three, I don't know how, she was like eight years, I was eight years old when she got divorced. 20 something years old with three kids, a very sheltered, privileged black girl. Like she didn't know what struggle was, she didn't know nothing. Like she grew up with a fucking nanny and a housekeeper. And then she had a man leave her with three kids and they was poor. Like my dad, my dad wasn't rich. And so that's her background. So I had to start looking at it like, yo, they didn't know what the fuck they was doing. Right. Right. But I also feel like 
my life would have been completely different. And it sounds stupid. It might sound stupid, but that's what I feel like the black community is lacking, is communication. Like, it might sound stupid to some people. Like, all, all you wanted your parents to do was sit down and talk to you about why they was getting a divorce. Yes! Because as a child, we... We don't give children enough credit. You are allowing a child to sit somewhere and their whole life changed and they have no idea why. And new people are entering their lives. They have to Other live. people are leaving. Other people are leaving. And you're not explaining any of this to them. So they have to come up with their own, own scenarios. And usually children think that it's something wrong with them. They don't usually think that it's Most something wrong Most humans, grown motherfuckers. Right. Grown people. You will have a, a, a conversation with your friend and that person will give you a little attitude and you will think it's all directed towards yeah. you. And they ain't got shit to do with you. So imagine how a child feels. We never got the privilege and then my parents, once they once they went there, they never spoke to each other. They never talked to each other. It got to the point where I could tell my dad I was sleeping at my mom's house and tell my mom I was sleeping at my dad's house. And nobody knew. And I was at some nigga house. <laughs> nah. <laughs> because they wasn't going to communicate with each other and see. If I was doing what, I, what you said you were doing. That's the one conversation that I wish. And I know nobody else wanted to share that. I mean, well, Rick did share. Rick said, um, I need to ask my dad why he didn't take full charge over me. And I feel like when it's time, I will never pressure anybody to ask their parents that question. But I feel like getting their response will be so it, it's going to do something to your soul but that at the you same time I need you to be also no you have to be no you also need to be remember that your parents are still fucking people yeah but it might not be the response that you, that want. you want but it has nothing to do and it has nothing to do with you you I feel like a lot of us, too, are, like, holding on to things. And that we, we got, had no control. We had no control. And you got to let it go. You can't move forward in life. You can't fully love yourself. You can't fully love your spouse. You can't fully love your children if you're holding resentment and anger towards a parent. And I know it's easier said than done. Trust me. My first coming out, if you want to call it that, and me telling my dad about what he really did, like, me acting out, me running away, like, I literally, in a poem, like, I told my dad, like, me running away, me being promiscuous, like, all that has to do with you, and I also started thinking, because I was, like, violated by someone when I was younger, who was also a child, like, a teenager, but then last night, or, yeah, last night I started thinking about it, like, 
when you tell these people or, or you think about these people who have hurt you, your parents, people that came in your life, you also have to think about, and I know it's hard to do, I'm not, I'm not you are where you are on your journey and I right. am where I am on my right. journey. But where I am on my journey, I started thinking about the demons that they're fighting with. Right. The person who actually violated me as a child, I remember them calling me and crying to me and asking me, you know, why do certain people treat them this way? Why do we act like that towards them? Why? And I still wasn't brave enough to say, well, this is what you did to me as a child. But now that I start thinking about it, like, that person had someone do something to them. And in turn, that's how they became who they are. So not only are they fighting with the demons of what someone did to them, now they're fighting with the demons of how they're treating people because of what they happened to them. They don't know how to deal with what happened to them. To them. And that's a lot of shit to fucking unpack. You like, right. fuck out of here, Michelle. Right. I don't give a fuck about how they feel. Right. They got they fucking demons. Right. But now I'm going through my shit. Right. But... That's life, like, right. that's how it is. And I didn't, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Um, so, I will not apologize for this topic. I know it was like, no, I was not. not. Our next topic is mental health next Thursday. We're going to be live at Drips. We hope to see you guys here. It's a mask, temperature check. 21 and over, BYOB, Only DJ Will, so get here. On the ones and twos, we got our cocktail lady that's going to be over here. Shout, yes. out, to, shout out to our cocktail host. And yes. it's BYOB. I mean, we don't got shit else to do on no motherfucking Thursday <laughs> night. Come the fuck the room. And uh, Dr. L is going to join yes. us. And we have, a we have a real doctor. We have a real doctor that's going to join us. And we are going to have real questions to ask her about mental health. I mean, I want to talk about, we, one of the questions that we want to ask her is, why talking to your best friend and your pastor, wait, 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 why talking to your best friend and your pastor ain't enough? Right. Why talking? Why praying? Oh, I don't go there. But I mean, praying does Prayer work. works. But like you need some, you need some razzle on your dazzle. But we want to hear from the doctor and see what yes. she says because she's been doing counseling therapy for over seven, I think way beyond, I think like twenty years now. She's she's been into it, so she's going to give us the answer to those questions. Why you? Why mental health? Why we need to take care of our mental health, especially as Black people? Why it's so important for us to take care of our mental health. Last week, we touched on it a little bit about how our DNA is kind of fucked up because of slavery. We are still affected. And we out here trying to break generational curses. So. That's all we trying to do. Have those when you feel comfortable. Have those conversations with your parents. Um. I wish you all nothing but the best. Sending everyone who tuned in. Light and love. Yes. And blessings on blessings on blessings. On blessings. Um, you can't heal what you don't reveal. And if you don't heal, you'll bleed all over people who didn't do nothing to you. And we're going to end on that note. Peace. Thank you for joining us. Love you guys.